I like the laid back, calm composure you got going on. I'm trying, man. No, no panic over here. <laughs> we, uh, you know, you know what we say. We never look in the rear view and wish we would have panicked more. Man, I never heard that before, but I like it. <laughs> well, you're welcome to borrow it. It is free and transferable. <laughs> I already and do that I, anyway. I borrow all your quotes and tweets. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love you, man. I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, what's going on from a bunch of different people's perspectives. So I've just been reaching out to friends and and uh, uh, getting their perspectives, agreeing with them on some things, disagreeing on others, having my mind changed about some stuff. And I wanted to talk to you about uh, civil liberties. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're at a t- time where we're like just... Uh, um, and I understand why now seems like the perfect time to, to want to give up our, our civil liberties. Mm. And, and, and so, I mean, obviously when we're talking about civil liberties, we're talking about, about, uh, laws that are established for the greater good, you know, for, for the, the community. Mm. Um, I, I often think of, uh, the, 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 the first 10 amendments, the, the, the bill of rights as an example. And I just, right before I called you here, I pulled up the, the 10 amendments because you know we're familiar with like the first two as a society mm-hmm. but then we don't ever think about like or maybe we know about dave Chappelle pleading the fifth uh, <laughs> on a, a skit or something but um i was looking at at these the just the first eight amendments and and i can tell you that it seems to me that at least five of them are being totally trampled upon mm-hmm. right now and uh i just want to get you, your take on and maybe we can go through a few a few of those but i wanted to get your take on on what this is doing to our, our civil liberties in general yeah man well you know as cliche as it sounds one of the healthy things about hard times although we would wish them wish them upon no one is that they they force us to reevaluate in a new light the things that we take for granted and our freedoms are one of those things you know, it's it's interesting because people are speaking now more than ever about freedom as this thing that we have to really fight for. But as you and I have talked about before, freedom by its very nature is the kind of thing that you have to fight for. It's just that sometimes we're so comfortable that we forget that. We're, we're swimming in such a sea of luxury that we fail to remember how precious, how fragile, how delicate a thing that freedom is. But remember, in order for freedom to truly be free, then it has to be the kind of thing that I can voluntarily give away. You know, uh, it, you know, freedom is very similar to what um, James Carr's, you know, says about play. He says that, you know, the first rule of play is that he who must play cannot play. Right? It's, it's not play if you're forced to do it. Right. And it's the same thing with freedom. Like, Man, I, I feel the same way about fun. Like, like yeah. I, um, I think of yeah, like a cruise ship to me sounds miserable because it feels like fun is a requirement of the thing. <laughs> right, right. And, and anytime someone like like sort of just you know, blows a whistle and says you you must go have fun right now, it, it feels like a particular kind of of tyranny yeah. in a way. And, and and now what you're talking about is is us giving up freedoms voluntarily is is appreciably different from some overlord stepping in and saying, ah, we're going to take these away from you temporarily. Um, although, of course, history proves out that those temporary uh, removals of freedom, th- they often don't end up being temporary. Yeah. And, and, and Josh, I would say it, it's really always this way because I don't think anyone wakes up in the morning saying, hmm, how can I give away my freedoms? 
This is why studying history is so important. You know, I, I recently heard someone say something like, the scary thing is not that you could have a guy like Hitler with the beliefs that he had. The scary thing is that millions of people could be manipulated into thinking that he was the very guy that the country needed at that time. How did that happen? How did that occur? Mm. Uh, it, it, it always happens this way. It happens when people are afraid, when people feel vulnerable. Then and only then are people tempted to give up their freedom in exchange for easy answers or in exchange for promises of security. And so I, I would contend, you know, moments like this kind of force us to evaluate the foundations upon which this life that we love rest at all times. And, and it forces us to appreciate it. But here's another angle too, I would say. Um, another reason why why these kinds of discussions and debates are very healthy for us is they they not only remind us that freedom is always the kind of thing that has to be fought for, but they also force us to think about what it means to fight for freedom in a way that's bigger than just debating the people who disagree with us or shouting at people with different political views on Twitter. Um, because for so many of us, we we believe that knowledge is power, but the only medium of expression that we have for that power is shouting at people who disagree. But what can we do to fight for our freedoms that go beyond just debating folks who are different from us on the internet? What are the things that we can do in our everyday lives on an individual level to defend our freedom and to enjoy the freedoms that we fight so hard to protect? To me, that's one of the most important questions that isn't really being discussed in a lot of the political shouting matches right now where people are making talking points and scoring scoring, scoring points with their constituents. Well, where, where do we start? I mean, it, it feels right now that, uh, like I was saying, it, that giving up our freedoms voluntarily is is the right decision right now. You know, we're, we're all sort of self-quarantining. But, but if I'm looking at, at these, uh, just going through some of these amendments to the Constitution, uh, I look at the First Amendment. And, and what is the, the first thing we have there? The, the freedom of assembly, right? And, and we're not allowed to assemble right now. Hmm. Um, now, if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say, well, it's a government plot to keep us from organizing. Mm. I, I don't think it, it even needs to be that nefarious, it, but it is still a right that is being taken away right now. Although I, I certainly don't want to assemble. I don't want to have a large crowd of people. Ryan and I canceled our, our, our tour or postponed it till November as, as a result because we want to do the responsible thing. But when someone comes in and says, hey, you're not allowed to meet with a group of people, I get a little bit worried. Yeah. So I, I think, I think one of the most dangerous things that's happening right now is the tendency that so many of us have to respond to this crisis as if it means or should mean or must mean that we have to put our lives on pause until this stuff gets figured out. Because what that does is it strips humanity of its most vital and powerful incentive for creative and constructive action. And that is a sense of purpose. So when you take away everyone's jobs, you send everyone home and people feel like, I don't know what I should do with myself. I don't know how to busy myself. I don't know what I can do. Then people temporarily have their sense of purpose suspended and then they're put into waiting mode. And that leads to greater anxiety. That leads to greater restlessness and greater insecurity and uncertainty. 
And when people are in that state where they are disconnected from their sense of purpose, it's not very difficult to get them to give away freedoms in exchange for getting back to life as normal. So I think one of the first levels at which we can fight for our freedom, and I know it sounds very indirect and apolitical, but I really believe in it. One of the first levels uh, where we can fight for our freedom is to get back grounded in the idea that this crisis is not a pause button that we push on life, but that it is a new context within which life must continue to go on. So for instance, my wife and I, we've been talking about the diary of Anne Frank lately. She's reading it. Um, and it was something that, you know, I, I engaged when I, when I was in high school, uh, she did as well, but she's reading it a second time now. And one of the interesting things about the, about this story or, 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 uh, her diary is that Anne Frank was living with um, about seven other people, and the backdrop of their lives was the Holocaust. They had to live every single day knowing that on any day, someone could discover them, and that could be the day that they die. And yet, they had everyday things take place like, oh, it's someone's birthday. (laughs) It's someone's birthday today. And this could also be the day where in the middle of celebrating that, someone discovers that we're here and we die. And yet they still had to find the strength and the resolve and the wherewithal to light candles on birthdays in the middle of the Holocaust. And that was the the kind of thing that kept them alive and that made life meaningful and that gave them a sense of purpose. And if they can find the strength to light a candle on someone's birthday in the middle of the Holocaust, surely we can find the strength and the creativity to do that same thing in the middle of our situation. And I would say that's where the power lies. I, I would encourage anyone to read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is, again, on that same topic. But I think we have to fight for our most fundamental right, which is to live with a sense of purpose, even in the midst of a crisis. And once we get that back and we wake up every day feeling like my freedoms actually matter because my actions make a difference, then we'll be incentivized to fight for our freedom. But if we've been stripped of our purpose and we don't feel like the things that we do make a difference or that we don't have anything to do, then we really don't have any freedom to fight for anyway. So why are we going to feel motivated to fight for it? Or, or that we can't do anything we're, we can't. if we're feeling like we're forced. Yeah, I mean, it, you, talking about that, that's the that's the Fifth Amendment, right? No person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law. And, and when I... When I think about that, in a weird way, it feels like many of us are being deprived of life, although what you're saying is we we don't have to be. Yes, there are some changes that are going on right now, and we have to adjust to circumstances, but it doesn't mean we can't live a meaningful life in the process. We don't have to put things on pause. And it, it, In fact, I, I would argue that that is always the case. We're always waiting for someday to, to occur. But of course, someday is not a day of the week, but we, we continue to, to wait on it because, uh, if I just put it off till tomorrow, well, guess what? Tomorrow, there's always a new tomorrow. And that seems like, especially, uh, especially seems like something we're doing right now where of course the world, the world feels paused, but we ourselves don't have to pause life. We don't have to deprive ourselves of life. Yeah. And and I want to add one thing to that because I want to try to make this even more radical because someone could be listening to us and thinking, okay, that's kind of inspirational. That's kind of motivational. I, 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 I guess I can tolerate a little bit of fluffiness in times like this, but, but I want to make the more radical claim that this is a mindset that has, that has considerable political impact. 
So for example, one of the things that you, you and I have talked about before is how you can't motivate people to do the right thing by just appealing to some objective list of do's and don'ts without any higher point of reference. People aren't motivated by you saying you ought to be more responsible. You ought to fight for freedom. You ought to stand up for your rights. That doesn't motivate people. Right. What motivates people is when they have some kind of mission that makes them come alive, right? Discipline is not self-generated. It comes from having a sense of purpose. What makes a person get up and run every day or a person study every day or a person practice the piano every day, even when it's boring and inconvenient, it's that they have a vision of life that makes them feel alive and they're willing to push through the hard times in order to fight for this thing that they deeply believe in. So when you have a mission, when you have something that makes you come alive, when you've got a reason to live and contribute value in your everyday life, it makes you willing to fight for that. So when we try to tell people, fight for your freedom, fight for your freedom, the best way that we can get them to do that is by reconnecting them with all the little seemingly meaningless things in everyday life. So I, I recently wrote a post that said, if you had something that you were interested in before the COVID crisis, please don't forget about those interests. If you were really fascinated by music, keep making music, keep making art. Because by the way, when you look at the totalitarian regimes throughout history, what, what did they fight against when they wanted to take people's freedoms away? You want to know what they outlawed? Mm. It, it, they weren't focused on academic books about politics. They weren't scared of that at all. They, they outlawed things like jazz, bubblegum, pop music, blue jeans, mm. because they knew that art and creativity and fun and play, these were the things that gave people a taste of freedom. And once people taste freedom, they will fight like hell before they let you take it away from them. And what we have to remember is that if we want to incentivize people to fight like hell for their freedoms, we got to remind them to keep tasting the freedom, keep enjoying Keep enjoying good music. Keep enjoying good art. Keep enjoying good comedy and good jokes. Keep enjoying the things that make your life meaningful. That That is politically significant, not just motivationally significant. Man, I think that's the perfect place to end it. TK, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, brother.